This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that shouldn't have. This is Cherry Agarwal and on the panel we have Shoheb Daniel, a staffer from Scroll. Hi Shoheb. Hi Cherry. Welcome to Reporters. Uh, we also have Naya and Taza Ayush Tawari. Ayush has done some great work here, particularly he is the rescuer of Let's Talk About, or so he calls himself. Hi Ayush, welcome to Reporters. Hi, and I claim that <laughs> uh, allegation to be false. Okay, but you claim to be the creative producer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, later in the podcast, we will be joined by Vishnu Varma from Kerala. Vishnu works with the Indian Express Digital and will be talking about the latest Sabrimala developments and the women's wall. Uh, we will also have our intrepid reporter Prateek Goel joining us over the phone. He was at um, Bhima Koregaon gathering and he'll be talking to us about that. Uh, going straight to the panel. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, too. <laughs> Uh, so, Aish, let's begin with you. Uh, what do you think the media reported, rather underreported over the last week? What the media overreported? Or was there something that really caught your eye that you want to share? I think the trans bill was one where, uh, even though I think in people of my age group, I saw mm. a lot of uh, online activism regarding how the bill is flawed. Yeah. But there was not not enough, not nearly enough coverage uh, online. Absolutely. I think I agree. And this is something I want to talk about. I've seen uh, activists trying to talk about it on the WhatsApp group, yeah. how this bill needs to be stopped. One particular criticism of the bill has been that it sort of takes away the right to self-determination, which was provided by a court judgment earlier. So, yes, I think it was pretty much underreported despite the efforts to get it noticed Uh Shohib, coming to you, is there something uh, that was underreported that you thought should have received more attention or something in the media coverage that you thought was not right or should have been done better? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, Bangladesh, India's eastern neighbor went to the polls a week back. And considering how critical and crucial the India-Bangladesh relationship is, I think that could have been better covered, uh, covered more in depth in the Indian media. Okay. And particularly... I also wanted to sort of ask you to give us a breakdown or sort of an overview of what Bangladesh polls, what happened during the polls. Mm -hmm. And like you were talking about, the Indian media underreported it in despite the significance of the relationship. So even uh, accusations of rigging weren't uh, didn't get as much mention. So could you tell us about the polls itself and why do you think this sort of happened? True. Uh, so, uh, Bangladesh basically has 300 seats that go to elections, that are meant to elections. And, uh, you know, out of that, 288 were won by the ruling party. Uh, you know, Sheikh Hasina, uh, the prime minister, basically, I think she got 2.3 lakh votes in her constituency. The guy who came second got, uh, you know, take a guess, how, how, how much do you, do you, you, you know? Has to be under 100 if you're asking okay. that question. Okay. I, I, I put so much emphasis on that. People are just really going for a low figure. But it's not, you're not far. Okay. It's she, uh, the person who came second got 123 votes. Wow. Right? So now, of course, you know, um, there was a lot of media clamped down. But there are large scale indications that the vote was not completely free and fair, let us say. Mm. Right? Not to put too fine a point on it. Uh, the media was suppressed. Uh, you know, like uh, you had these uh, sort of incredible rules. For example, uh, the media weren't allowed with mobile phones inside polling stations. You know, now, of course, critics said it's because to not catch people stuffing ballots. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was, there was another incredible order passed which says the media cannot use motorcycles on polling day. Right? What? Just to basically stymie them. But eventually that order was withdrawn. You know, the media sort of went up in, up in arms. So there are a lot of, uh, you know, concerns uh, that Bangladesh now has become some sort of quasi one-party state where the Awami League has sort of captured many state institutions. And while I say that, let me also uh, sort of emphasize that it's not like the Awami does not have support. Awami is the party of Bangladesh's liberation. Uh, it has widespread support, yet this also exists, sort of this paradox that exists side by side. You know, that the party feels it needs to rig the polls. You know, uh, we were earlier talking about anti-incumbency. I think there was some anti-incumbency against the Awami, which wasn't properly uh, expressed at the polls. Uh, I mean, this is the third time they are coming to power. So anti-incumbency sort of not playing in the favor of the opposition is quite something that stands out. True. Uh, Aish, do you want to come yeah, in on this? I think I'll disagree with you on the fact that Indian media didn't cover the rigging bit. I think going through Express, most of the pieces that did, hmm. I think all of the headlines mentioned something or the other about rigging. What was surprising was the government's response because the US and uh, EU, the statements they yeah. put out, they pointed out, they were like, yeah, that's great that you have a f- election, but there are some allegations and we hope the you know the government will mm-hmm. clear out but our observer in the elections they they said it was just peaceful there was no okay. objection modi mm-hmm. i think congratulated her at mm-hmm. the get go so i think that the reason for it is because sheikh hasina has been pretty good for us they are ties and uh, there is sort of a uh, quid pro quo from what i understand bangladesh yeah. would uh, mm-hmm. uh, enact policies or prevent from enacting prevent itself from enacting policies that would harm india's right. uh, priorities or would harm india's interests and also prevent itself from enacting policies that would make a third party become a stronger player in the region and india in turn would help it with humanitarian aid mm-hmm. shohib if you want to weigh in on that yeah so actually uh, the last ever since uh, sheikh hasina has come in it's been a golden period for India-Bangladesh relations. I probably India and Bangladesh have never been this close, even in 1971. Uh, you know, both have benefited, uh, India has benefited, you know, Bangladesh has cracked down very hard on Ulfa. Mm-hmm. Bangladesh has given, you know, uh, land, uh, you know, you can cross, Bang- you can go to India's northeast via Bangladesh, has given land transit rights. Uh, but Bangladesh, uh, India has also benefited, uh, you know, uh, uh, sorry, Bangladesh has also benefited. Uh, it, it gets a lot of aid from India. I think they got 4.5 billion last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in spite of all the Bangladeshi rhetoric, actually visas to Bangladeshis are going up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hugely. So, oh, wow. there's a, yeah, so there's a bit of disconnect. So the BJP does its politics. But when it comes to, uh, you know, real hard-nosed foreign policy, there's actually no change from Manmohan to Modi. Okay. It's this constant uh, sort of it, because it's 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 really paid off for India. Because the, if it yeah. really goes against Bangladesh, then it would impact or rather raise concerns in the northeastern and the West Bengal region for India. Yep. Sorry, coming back to you, Aish, you mentioned uh, that uh, though Indians uh, reported about though Indian media reported about the rigging, mm. I mean a lot of media section of the media that was there on the ground also mentioned. Uh, how even the voters who were there 
who went to vote found that their ballot has already been cast right. or even the opposition party was sort mm. of pushed out and their representatives weren't allowed to stay at the poll polling mm. booth i mean these are keeping in mind again keeping in mind the kind of relationship that india shares and why good uh, sort of politics or rather stable politics in bangladesh is important i still thought it uh, it was a bit underreported um well i think the point here broadly is yes yes i think the uh, most of these pieces they carry on the happenings and all did mention riggings because that was what was uh, there everywhere around the world even in dhaka <laughs> but uh, for example the editorial that express put out was very much sort of you know almost taking the indian line on bangladesh okay. that uh, you know she's of course a great politician this and that but she can usher a new period and for okay. her country for our country so there is that dissonance i think is pretty obvious in even in within mm-hmm. the same publication but the disappointing bit was that uh, there was little to say about how some journalists were treated during the whole process since we at news laundry <laughs> are you know congratulate ourselves on being watchers i think um this one journalist in southern some southern district mm-hmm. dhaka tribune who pointed out that uh, there was some uh, ha there were more votes casted in the district than the population of that actual district oh, wow. than the electorate hmm. and uh, they just had him arrested yesterday i think because of his report yes for yeah. spreading misinformation for uh, pointing these things out under some digital protection act or something like that now i want to go to triple talaq and unfortunately i couldn't uh, convince a reporter to join us to talk about specifically that subject but Shohib, I wanted your inputs on that. Do you think the bill should be passed? What's the criticism of the bill, mm. and what are your inputs on this? Yeah. So you know, uh, triple talaq, which is instant triple talaq, which is where you know, in very filmy style, you just <laughs> say talaq, talaq, talaq thrice, and you know, uh, your marriage is annulled. Only a mm. man can do that; a woman can't. Uh, so this was actually uh, ended as a practice, as a valid form of Islamic divorce in India. Uh, by a 2017 supreme court judgment correct now uh, since then the modi government has tried quite a few times to actually criminalize this act so if a man actually says talaq 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 he could be put in jail for up to 3 years so there was an ordinance that was passed recently and now the bill is uh, in uh, in the rajya sabha today actually so criticisms okay so first criticism is that it's a civil matter hmm. uh, to criminalize this might end up sort of you know further harming uh, the woman itself you know because you know the man's going to be in jail who's going to pay the alimony and so on and so forth uh the the other side of course the bjp claims the people who are uh, in favor of the bill claim that triple talaq still continues even post the judgment correct so this would help in sort of uh, sort of you know uh, f- sort of hastening its demise mm mm-hmm. So these are the two sort of uh, facets. And earlier you were also talking about the catch twenty two bit, where like the court judgment though has said yeah. that instant triple talaq is illegal. That means that if uh, the husband actually is giving instant th- uh, triple talaq, the marriage is not annulled. Yeah. Then what is the point of the law? If you want to elaborate on that. Yeah. So I mean, this is the catch twenty two. So after twenty after the twenty seventeen judgment. Uh, talaq, talaq, talaq does not mean anything. It does not annul the marriage. It's like just saying any any three words. Hmm. But the thing is, although it does not annul the marriage, it can put you in jail. Yeah. So it's this cash twenty two with the passage of this bill. With the passage of this bill, so it's this cash twenty two where you are being basically imprisoned for not doing anything. 
you know so it's not Correct. it's not illegal or, so, or anything like that uh, so that's the catch 22 basically yeah Ayush. i have a question for him yes yes so for i'm just curious you know why sure. do you think they're trying to avoid you know the bill facing scrutiny i mean i, I don't think it is like a sort of sent it to the parliamentary standing committee yeah they're trying yeah, to, they don't want to do that. that but i don't I, i don't have clarity on why they're trying to do that like what can be the yeah. motive uh well parliamentary committees are very boring and their things are not open but to the but their role is really important no, they are they are but i'm just so the thing is because they're not open to the public you can't do politics around it it is going to go into cold storage right right so uh, there and is and the bjp yeah. wants to pass it before uh, the 2019 mm-hmm. elections yeah. which is where it's also facing criticism in the sense that it is trying to uh, sort of put the opposition as against muslims and trying to say we've passed this bill yeah. we are pro muslims right. and sort of count on the wood bank i mean there are two facets of one so the, the one is is that Uh, whichever whichever one you want to choose is that one is the bjp wants to cultivate muslim women as a vote bank hmm. right so this will quickly hasten the bill uh, you know and so the thing is at the end of the day while parliamentary committees are very useful they are not legally required the only thing legally required to pass a bill in parliament is for mps to vote mm-hmm. you know it's a new innovation which is great but it's so at the end of the day it just wants to quickly do this the other the slightly darker uh, sort of explanation is it wants to victimize muslim men because this is going to you know lead to cases being filed that and so on that is what people who are criticizing the bill yeah, are so saying yeah so these are the two facets uh, of why the bjp wants to quickly pass this bill bypassing r- no regular procedure so my rebuttal to that is if despite the supreme court judgment a muslim man is still saying triple talaq mm-hmm. knowing that that is illegal mm-hmm. then i mean how are you victimizing the man he is doing something illegal yeah i mean that's the thing is this is this sort of very frag- is a conf- sort of uh, conflicted space because the, at the end of the day the man uh, you know the way these a uh, lot of indian laws are framed uh, they assume the man is going to provide for the women even after divorce which is i think quite legitimate considering but then there's some a period of 3 months that they have to provide it for the alimony and not for more than that there's some particular technical term for this so hi that so the thing is now actually uh, the because after shabano the the sort of the alimony law is secular in a way hmm. it applies to all religions you know uh, so right now the and it does not have any limit correct so right now indian alimony law i would you know just I, although rajiv gandhi is criticized a lot for the the way he overturned the shabano judgment but he sort of put in these provisions which mm. probably you know a lot of people were just too right. confused to <laughs> read <laughs> nobody reads bills like everybody just like so he put in some pretty interesting provisions which gave women a lot of power for mm. alimony and basically put women muslim women under secular law Okay. I'm forgetting. There's a, there, you know, there's a, there's actually the IBC which, which, which it amended them, and it. Um, so right now, alimony is it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I mean, as good as it can be in India with all your, you know, I would, I would be very scared to go to a judge, you know, okay. and uh, at any point of time, you know, like you say in Hindi, you know, court kachari ka chakkar. It's, it's like an idiom yeah. now. Hmm. So if an educated person is facing this problem, so I'm sure you know across classes. that's also an issue but law f- legally it's not that bad i hmm. would say okay uh hi prateek hello chidi how are you i'm good a uh, happy new year to you thank you same to you uh i realize you spent your new year at bhima koregaon how was it yes it was nice 
सो कुड यू टेल अस अ लिटिल मोर अबाउट वहां क्या हुआ वाज देयर मोर क्राउड वाज देयर वर देयर एनी सॉर्ट ऑफ वायलेंस और वाज देयर अग्रेशन अमंगस्ट द क्राउड देखिए जैसे कोरे भीमा कोरेगांव भीमा का ये जो लास्ट ईयर जो भी हुआ है वहां पे जी तो उसके बाद तो पुलिस ने काफी मतलब कॉशंस लिए थे इस बार जी बहुत पहले से तैयारी चल रही थी उनकी जी तो बहुत ज्यादा सिक्योरिटी थी जो ऑफिशियल जगह पुलिस ने बताया था कि पांच हजार तो पुलिस फोर्स ही थी उसके बाद दो हजार एस आर पी एफ के लोग थे उसके बाद वॉलेंटियर्स थे काफी सारे जी बट आई थिंक उससे भी ज्यादा पुलिस तादाद में थी और उन्होंने बहुत ही अच्छी तरीके से मतलब क्राउड अगर आप देखें जी वो ऑफिशियली हम लोग को दस लाख बोला है लेकिन ऑफिशियली वो दस लाख बोल रहे हैं दस लाख करीब लोग आएंगे उससे भी ज्यादा मतलब आप समझो दो तीन लाख ऊपर ही समझो अच्छा इतना क्राउड उन्होंने बहुत अच्छी तरह मैनेज किया जी उन्होंने पुलिस ने इस बार ऐसा किया था कि जहाँ पे वो जयस्तंभ है भीमा भक्ति मेमोरियल है जहाँ पे है जी। उसके बहुत दूर पहले ही वहाँ पे रॉकेट वाके गाड़ियों से कोई किसी को आने नहीं दिया था वहाँ पे जी। उन्होंने करीबन 400 के ऊपर बस इसलिए रखी थी तो वहीं से वो लोग को पिक करते थे वो वहाँ पे जो उन्होंने अपने दर्शन किए और सीधा बस में उठा के वापस तो ये तरीके से वॉलेंस का तो कोई वो नहीं हुआ हाँ लेकिन डेफिनेटली टेंशन जैसा वो जरूर था वहाँ पे की मतलब पूरा क्राउड एग्रेसिव नारे लगाना ये करना वो करना बट ऐसा ये नहीं हुआ था मतलब वॉलेंस का तो कोई इंसिडेंट नहीं रिपोर्ट हुआ तो वहाँ पे क्या आप वहाँ पे लोगों से बात कर पाए कि वॉट वर दिंकिंग की पिछले साल से इस साल पिछले हाँ, साल मैं काफी लोगों से बात की है ये मैं स्टोरी भी फाइल करूंगा उसमें जी तो जैसे कि वहाँ से जो लोग आए थे तो बहुत तो यही मतलब बहुत सारे फर्स्ट टाइमर्स भी थे इसमें ओ वाह पहली बार जो है और बहुत से लोग का मानना है मतलब कुछ लोग ये बोलते थे अग्रेसिवली की हमारे पिछली बार दलित भाइयों के साथ अत्याचार हुआ तो इसलिए हम लोग आए तो पिछली बार कुछ हर एक का अलग अलग बोलना था तो कुछ लोग ऐसे भी थे जो आ रहे थे पिछले बहुत सारे सालों से तो कुछ लेकिन हाँ ये है कि ये जितना क्राउड आया है दस दस बारह लाख के करीब बहुत बड़ा क्राउड है बहुत ही ज्यादा तो मतलब पिछले साल का वायलेंस एक तीर्थ स्थल बोलते ना जी वो पावर सेंटर में तीर्थ स्थल लोगों के लिए है और पावर सेंटर पॉलिटिशियंस के लिए है वो सो डिस्पाइट द वायलेंस लास्ट ईयर डिड नॉट एक्ट एज अ डेटरेंट टू प्रिवेंट क्योंकि वायलेंस वॉज नॉट आई मीन जो मैंने मैंने पहले रिपोर्ट किया था मेरी रिपोर्ट के जो मैंने रिपोर्ट किया जो देखा है उसके अकॉर्डिंग वायलेंस वॉज नॉट अगेंस्ट दलित वायलेंस वॉज अगेंस्ट द जो भी आउटसाइडर्स आए थे वो जो लोकल विलेजर्स है उन पर उनके घर जने इस बार लेकिन काफी जैसे पुलिस ने सेफ्टी मेजर्स लिए थे जी तो काफी दुकानें भी खुली थी इस बार ऐसी बात नहीं है बहुत सारी तो नहीं लेकिन खाने पीने की जैसे वड़ा पाव की दुकान हो या कोई छोटे मोटे नाश्ते की दुकान हो कुछ होटल्स एंड जस्ट एडिंग टू द पुलिस महाराष्ट्र पुलिस वॉज एबल टू सीज लाइव एम्यूनेशन एंड वेपन इन महाराष्ट्र जस्ट बिफोर द इवेंट एंड आयुष का एक सवाल था आपके लिए हाँ रिगार्डिंग भीमा को लास्ट ईयर इवेंट के बाद जब ये लोग विटनेसेस से बात करने गए थे जिनकी दुकानें हैं होटल्स हैं भीमा कोरेगांव साइट के पास तो बहुत लोगों ने मना कर दिया था ये कहते हुए कि हम तो थे ही नहीं क्योंकि फर्स्ट फर्स्ट ऑफ जनवरी था हम लोग बाहर गए हुए थे सो वी डोंट नो व्हाट हैपेंड देखिए क्या लास्ट टाइम का जो इवेंट हुआ था तो जनरली बहुत सारी दुकानें बंद ही रहती है ठीक है ना और लास्ट टाइम वो वडू बुजुर्ग में लेके वैसे भी वो टेंशन ये हो गया था क्रिएट हो गया था मैंने आपको बताया था एक बार वहाँ पे जो संभाजी महाराज की समाधि है और वहीं उनके सामने वो गोपाल गोविंद निगोजी की समाधि है तो वहाँ पे कुछ बैनर लगाया गया था जिसमें संभाजी महाराज की डेथ के बारे में डिस्क्रिप्शन दिया था और उस बैनर के अकॉर्डिंग ऐसा लिखा था कि भाई मराठाज ने उनका मतलब वो डर गए थे और उन्होंने उनका अंतिम संस्कार नहीं किया था जबकि 
जो गोविंद गोपाल दिगोजी निगोजी थे उन्होंने वो किया था उसके बाद को लेके वहाँ पे टेंशन क्रिएट हो गया था फिर ये कोरेगा भीमा का ये सब जो भी हो तो उसमें वो गांव में ये तय हुआ था उस वक्त की अधिकतर दुकानें बंद रखनी है इसलिए की और कुछ माहौल ऐसा ना हो तो इस बार भी लेकिन दुकानें खुली थी लेकिन अधिकतर मतलब कुछ खुले थे ऐसे होटल वगैरह खुले थे लेकिन ज्यादा नहीं अधिकतर शहर बंदी था वो गाँव मतलब बंदी था तो तो इस बार भी मैं होटल में खाना खा रहा था तो वो मतलब वो पुलिस वाले वहाँ बैठे हुए थे लेकिन उसको तब तब हम लोग बात कर रहे थे कि बहुत सारा क्राउड आ रहा है और भी क्राउड आ रहा है तो उसको वो, वो जो बंदा था उनको डर लगने लग गया था तो वो पूछने लग गए थे मुझसे की मैं क्या होटल बंद कर दू क्या अभी वैसा तो वो अपना एक इंसिडेंट बता रहे थे की पिछले बार उन्होंने जब ऐसी बात नहीं पिछले बार भी काफी विलेजर्स ने उनको ये किया था मतलब जब लोग आए थे तो बोल रहे थे कि हम लोग ऑलमोस्ट तीन घंटा तक पानी वानी सब प्रोवाइड कर रहे थे और इसके बाद जब ये थोड़ा ऐसा टेंशन क्रिएट हुआ तो उन्होंने बोले मेरी ही गाड़ी जला दी तो वो कहा वालों में थोड़ा सा है खौफ था उसका कि इतना क्राउड आ रहा है पर पुलिस ने बहुत बेहतरीन पुणे पुलिस ने बहुत शानदार तरीके से उसको वो किया है पूरा क्राउड और प्रतीक यहाँ पर चंद्रशेखर आजाद भी आए थे ना यूपी से हाँ 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 क्या रिसेप्शन रहा उनका वहाँ पर अच्छा था उसका मतलब बढ़िया था लोगों का काफी मतलब क्योंकि उसके पहले ही वो उनका मीडिया में आ ही गया तो बॉम्बे में पुलिस ने अपडेटेन किया था उनको तो उसके बाद जब यहाँ पे आए तो यहाँ पे भी बहुत अच्छा रिस्पॉन्स मिला था और उसके अलावा कौन कौन बड़े नाम आए शाम के वक्त आए था वो लेट आए थे अच्छा ये पुलिस उसी वक्त लेके आना चाहती थी और सुबह जैसे फॉर एग्जाम्पल ये प्रकाश अम्बेडकर बहुत अच्छा ये था बट जो प्रकाश अम्बेडकर है उसका बहुत ही मतलब बोलते ना बहुत भयंकर ये था क्राउड उस वक्त और ये बात है सुबह सात साढ़े सात बजे की जबकि इतना पब्लिक आता नहीं है तब भी मतलब काफी पब्लिक था तो ये दो लीडर्स वहाँ पे आए थे जिनको बहुत अच्छा था पुलिस ने पर मतलब ये तो चीजें थी और उन्होंने बहुत गाँव वालों से भी बात किया था जी और उसके बाद ये जैसे एक समता दल करके होता है तो तो ये वो बेसिकली दलित ऑर्गेनाइजेशन का वो सिक्योरिटी टाइप का वो है वो फोर्स जी तो पुलिस ने उनको भी इंगेज कर रखा था इसमें जी जी वो लोग भी थे काफी अच्छा तो अच्छी जगह उन्होंने हैंडल किया था और प्रिकॉशन किए थे उन्होंने जो मतलब जैसे की जैसे की कबीर कला मंच है जी ये मिलिंद एक बोटे है जी तो इन लोग को तो वहाँ से बयान ही कर दिया था मतलब आने ही नहीं दिया है कोई गाँव भीमा करीबन चौसठ लोग को तड़ी पार किया गया था ऐसे चौवन लोग को आउट ऑफ डिस्ट्रिक्ट एक दिन के दिन बहुत लोग को मतलब इस तरीके से उन्होंने जो ऐसा लगता था कि टेंशन क्रिएट हो सकता है तो उनको वहाँ से बाहर ही रखा है So they took strong measures to ensure that there was no violence, basically. Absolutely. I mean, drones, I mean, cameras were also employed. They told me that there was no limit to how much you put it. Wow. Okay. After that, they were using cameras. After that, drones were used. Yes. The police were saying that they were pocket cameras, secret cameras. Wow. But the best thing that Pune Police did was that they used so much crowd. Yes. I mean, if you think that the police are saying that there are 10,000 police. या अगर उससे ज्यादा भी होते हैं तो भी तेरह बारह दस बारह लाख के ऊपर क्राउड करना आसान कर, हैंडल करना इजी नहीं होता जी तो उन्होंने वो जो 
उनको तो क्राउड इकट्ठा नहीं है उन्हें दिया ना एक जगह पे जी वो सबसे सही काम किया अच्छा प्रतीक मेरा लास्ट सवाल आपसे था मीडिया के कवरेज के बारे में अगर लोकल मीडिया का क्या कवरेज रहा वहाँ पे अगर आप देख पाए एंड आपको क्या लगा नेशनल मीडिया ने इस बार कैसे कवर किया भीमा कोरेगांव को मतलब इस बार की पिछले बार नहीं इस बार इस बार भी मतलब काफी मतलब मीडिया तो बहुत था ही वहाँ पे जी और पूरा इवेंट बेसिकली वो पिछले बार का तो बहुत वो सब कुछ ना कुछ चल ही रहा था पिछले बार का लेकिन इस बार उन्होंने इस तरीके से की इतनी तादाद में लोग आए फर्स्ट टाइमर्स काफी आए जी तो कवरेज बहुत तगड़ा था काफी इधर जी अच्छा ओके आए थे लोग लोकल मीडिया तो किया ही अच्छी तरीके से तो बाहर से भी लोग आए थे दिल्ली से आए थे बॉम्बे से आए थे लोग तो तो कवर किया अच्छी Now there's a black backlash. Ki how does that happen? Ki February me you set up a meeting and one year me there's no none of that. Yeah. And Fadnavis said, just to uh, make a how should I put it campaign to recover all this said ki no we actually had meetings and the guy I uh, the RTI officer who uh, put out the answer he's being scapegoated now he's being I think suspended from he his duty. He was suspended. Yeah. So Pratik, since you did the story on this, so uh-huh. my question is ki see, there are either two possibilities either that they haven't actually been hasn't been any meetings on this. or hmm. that there has been meetings and the records and minutes of the meetings have something that they don't want the public to see so hmm. i mean i just want to know what you think is more more probable so jaise ye first post ki story ke bare mein baat kar rahe hain ji to first post ne jab wo story kiya tha to wo usi ko tha ki bhai ye rti mein reveal hua ki hai committee ki jo meetings hai kabhi nahi hui bulletin project ko leke theek hai uske baad maharashtra government ne wo jo home department the order issue kiya aur jo जो पब्लिक इन्फॉर्मेशन ऑफिसर थे सारंग पाटिल उनको सस्पेंड कर दिया बोल ये बोल के कि भाई इन्होंने जो है गलत इन्फॉर्मेशन प्रोवाइड की है ठीक है जी तो फर्स्ट पोस्ट की स्टोरी में भी वो जो रिपोर्टर हैं फर्स्ट पोस्ट के जो फिनांस कर रहे हैं उन्होंने जब उससे बात की थी दिवाकर राव थे जी ट्रांसपोर्ट मिनिस्टर है और मेम्बर तो, थे कमेटी के हाँ ये है तो मिनिस्टर भी है तो उन्होंने और मेम्बर भी है सब कमेटी में सब कमेटी में तो उन्होंने ये बोला की मुझे इस तरीके की कोई भी मीटिंग के बारे में पता नहीं है और अगर मैंने अटेंड किया तो मुझे याद नहीं है लेकिन जितना मेरे को पता है मैंने ऐसी ऐसी कोई मीटिंग अटेंड नहीं की है जी ये उनका बोलने का ये स्टेटमेंट था क्योंकि अगर आप देखें तो जो आरटीआई रिप्लाई में जो भी रिप्लाई दिया गया है उससे पूरा मैच खाता है जी ठीक है और इसके बाद फिर अपन ने इसका फॉलोअप की स्टोरी किया तो जब मैंने दिवाकर रावते से बात की ऑफिस से तो वो अपने इस बयान से उभर गया कि बोले उन्होंने इस तरीके किसी को भी कोर्ट या स्टेटमेंट दिया है मैंने बोलने लगे कि नहीं तो मुख्यमंत्री ने स्टेटमेंट ऑलरेडी दे दिया है तो मैंने उनसे पूछा कि आपने क्या इसके पहले जब ये स्टोरी जीती फिर फर्स्ट पोस्ट में तो आपने किसी से आपको बोला था तो बोल दिया कि नहीं मैंने किसी को भी बोला नहीं मैंने किसी को कोई स्टेटमेंट ना ही दिया है और ना ही मैंने कुछ बोला है जबकि वो रिकॉर्डेड स्टेटमेंट है वो रिपोर्टर का और इनका रिपोर्टर डू इन सच अस 
आई मीन इसको बहुत लोग बोलते हैं एथिकल भी है कि वो बोलते नहीं लेकिन अगर शायद वो रिपोर्टर है पार्थ पार्थ रिपोर्टर है स्टोरी की है जी अगर वो शायद रिकॉर्ड नहीं करते तो बहुत सारे लोग सोचते कि भाई उसने शायद रिपोर्टर ने गलत इंटरप्रेट कर लिया जी और मतलब और ये जो ये जो आर्टिया एक्ट्रेस था जितिन जितिन खड़के जिन्होंने ये रिप्लाई मिला था जी वो बोले थे कि मैंने वो पूरी फाइल देखी है और बोले वो एक सर्कुलर के इश्यू होने के बाद ये सब कमेटी बनी है जी और बुलेट ट्रेन जब उसमें सब कमेटी बनी है वो भी इंक्लूडिंग सीएम को लेके जिसमें बाकी तीनों भी मिनिस्टर हैं तो ऐसी जब ऐसी कमेटी बनती है तो उसका सब कुछ ऑफिशियल होता है जी और वो उन्होंने बोला था कि मैंने खुद पर्सनली और वो फाइल देखी है उस फाइल में भाई मिनट से कुछ भी रिकॉर्ड कुछ भी नहीं है जी बोले ऐसा हार्डली होता है कि मतलब इतनी इतनी इम्पोर्टेंट कमेटी बनी हो क्योंकि ऐसे प्रोजेक्ट को जिसमें एक्चुअली पीएम का वो है and if you don't have a recording then what do you think a reporter should do and have you been in such a spot uh, i i personally have it but yeah i think uh, this is a good good sort of thing for everyone that you should because there's also an ethical element but i think yes. as far as possible with the uh, agreement of your the person that you're talking to that you should record calls hmm. you know but then if you tell the person that you're recording a call he might not actually give you the comment i know on the ground there will always be uh, difficulties but i think this is a best practice sort of thing ayush i think um to uh, recent entrant in the profession to give a comment but uh i think you should definitely record the call and even though that might be one unethical thing you can do if you don't tell the other person you can make that up by transcribing what their comment sending it to them and getting it approved and then putting it to your story that sort of makes it up but I mean, that's the only thing if journalists do. start recording the call without the knowledge of the source then i mean there will be distrust among the source sources different sources about journalists recording the call and they might just stop speaking i mean it's again like a ground hmm. i have faced that situation once um during the michel michel johnson interview mm-hmm. the toi thing so but how the person other person handled that was that he categorically stated what was off the record and what mm-hmm. was not okay. so that that gave me enough reason to not confuse one with the other sure so now we're going to uh, vishnu verma to talk about sabrimala and the women's wall that was there uh, hi vishnu welcome to reporters hello um so vishnu uh, i just uh, wanted go wanted to go straight to sabrimala and the women's wall uh, you've reported on both so could you tell us there were two women who have apparently entered sabrimala and now the temple is closed down could you tell us more about what happened there so um, it was basically after a few videos that circulated on whatsapp um primarily through the journalist groups as well as other public groups that we came to know that two women between uh, under the ages of 50 uh, mm-hmm. they both believed to be in their mid 40s 
देयर नेम्स आर बिंदु एंड कनका दुर्गा बिंदु हेल्स फ्रॉम कोरिकोड डिस्ट्रिक्ट इन नॉर्दर्न केरला कनका दुर्गा इज फ्रॉम मलप्पुरम डिस्ट्रिक्ट बोथ डिस्ट्रिक्ट्स आर इन नॉर्दर्न केरला दीस टू वुमेन हैड प्रीवियसली अटेम्प्टेड टू क्लाइंब द हिल एट शबरीमला ऑन डिसेंबर 24th um they had reached almost 1 km from the shrine but they were forced to back off after protests by um these right wing groups and protesters mm-hmm. and one of them had fallen unconscious and had to be admitted to the hospital as well mm-hmm. uh, but both women had taken the firm resolve that they would not return home uh, before offering prayers at the um, uh, shrine you know uh, so these are the two women who climbed the temple the climbed the hill and entered the temple around 3:45 a.m. escorted by police personnel in mufti mm-hmm. is what we are getting to here mm-hmm. um, that they had these women had approached uh, the police at pamba which is the base camp of the hill mm-hmm. around in the early morning hours basically maybe around 2 o'clock mm-hmm. um, and that the police had agreed to give them protection uh, and um, uh, they climbed the hill along with the police mm-hmm. Um, uh, for some reason they went unnoticed by the other men yeah, which is what i was Maybe wondering it was dark mm-hmm. um, and these two women so around 3:30 after 3:30 they reached the top of the mm-hmm. um, hill at shabrimala mm-hmm. and they were given entry through a side gate okay uh, which is basically reserved for staff personnel oh, um, okay. and vips and media mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. so this is a, a, a side entrance mm-hmm. that goes around the sacred steps mm-hmm. basically the 18 sacred steps that are mainly used by pilgrims who are carrying the uh, who do the vows and carry the offering mm-hmm. so the women did not climb through the traditional 18 sacred steps mm-hmm. they used a side entrance which is reserved for vips and media mm-hmm. and they were quickly whisked uh, towards the entrance the main main door of the mm-hmm. temple mm-hmm. Uh, and as i said for some reason Uh, maybe because the temple was so heavily crowded mm. uh, because this is the peak of the festival this is the peak of the festival mm. so maybe they went unnoticed mm. and they quickly went through the main go- gate of the temple and mm. they offered prayers and left mm. immediately correct and they climbed down as well they climbed down escorted by police personnel immediately mm. and the news of them having entered the temple mm. was released only after a few hours after they had climbed down correct so that they could be given um protection and uh, you know security mm. and safety so does this mean that the temple authorities are in favor of women under the ages of 50 entering the te- uh, temple now no they are not uh, so this was um, carried out very very clearly without uh, the nod of the temple administration the temple administration has been um, uh, you know has been under pressure from the ruling government mm-hmm. because most of these temple administration members are now affiliated to the left Hmm. so they have hmm. been under some kind of pressure from the government that they you should allow women hmm. but at the same time uh, the temple administration and its president had said that they would approach the supreme court again for some more time and hmm. their uh, request have always been uh, rejected by the supreme court which is now um, scheduled to hear these review please on january 22 Mm-hmm. so uh, it is very clear that the temple administration was not in the know of uh, these women entering the temple mm-hmm. but it's obviously a very historic occasion because um, uh, even before 1991 which is when the high court barred the entry of men's women of menstruation mm-hmm. we've had reports of women under the age of 50 climbing the hill and entering the temple but we have never had 
public sort of documentary evidence of mm. these women actually entering the temple. Mm. So this is the first time, maybe in the history of the temple, that we're actually getting to see visuals of two women um, below the age of 50, as you said, um, entering the temple. So it's a very historic occasion. And Vishnu, uh, you uh, you know, you really described the whole process minutely. Uh-huh. Uh, it was so sort of uh, like a subplot of our Ocean's Eleven. So you know, was this sort right. of was this pre-planned by the CPM government? You know, this whole side door and this and that or was this all impromptu? Well, what you're getting to hear is that maybe for some reason, maybe some government officials may have known about it. Uh, but as you said, it's, it's all it's all taken place at a very sort of, uh, I don't know whether, whether you call it untimely, but it happened in the early morning hours between the, between the hours of two and four, where uh, there's not a lot of, there's no media, obviously, there's not these, the right wing protesters may not have been there to sort of, uh, you know, channel these protests. Um, and it was carried out very swiftly and efficiently, which is what we're getting to hear. The police did not uh, waste any time. And that the fact that they were carried out through the side gate of the mm. temple also makes, because otherwise you'll have to really, there's a long queue because this is the peak of the temple mm. festival. There's usually a very long queue if you had to follow the actual line, you know. So maybe the women have had to stand in the line for hours before they could enter the temple and that could have made it more difficult for them to enter the temple yeah. because people would have noticed, you know, people would have seen them and noticed. But the fact that they were very discreetly uh, taken through the side gate and made to enter the temple and given police protection shows that the top officials of the police definitely knew about this and that they wanted to get this hmm. done, you know, because... Uh, it's been more than 90 days after the Supreme Court yeah. verdict until date, no woman had attempted, no woman had attempted. So, so that's the thing, till now the, the police really haven't been very helpful in mm-hmm. actually, so is there anything that, is there any indicator on what led to this sudden change of, uh, you know, heart? See, it's all, uh, there's a lot of factors involved in this. Uh, the Shabrimala temple is not like an ordinary temple. You know, it is situated on top of a hill. Um, on, on a normal temple, the police would have been better able to escort these women inside. But since this temple, logistically, it's very difficult for the police to escort the women because you have to climb the hill. And the climb is pretty strenuous, you know. I've climbed the hill. It's about five kilometers from the base of the hill. And it takes more than an hour. For any normal pilgrim, it takes more than an hour. For a woman, it may take maybe one hour, between one or one and a half hours. Um, So as soon as, um, on previous occasions, as soon as news of these women entering or climbing the hill begin to circulate, it's very easy for these protesters to uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, settle down at different points on the way and block them. And it becomes very difficult for the police because the police don't want to be seen as Lati charging the pilgrims, the male pilgrims, because that that calls for very uh, bad visual, uh, bad visual imagery, basically of women, uh, sorry, of police um, uh, thrashing the pilgrims or anything. So strict instructions had been given to the police not to make that kind of a violent scene. Hmm. So always it was very difficult for the police to escort them. But in this case, what happened is the one a that the time was very easy for the police to escort them because it was 3 a.m. It was 4 a.m. It was not protesters would be very difficult to see them identify them. Um, and plus, I think it was carried out very discreetly. Organized way hmm. of doing it. You know, they had pre-planned it maybe in some way and. And they had gotten it done in the early morning hours. So, Which, uh, no, I also... I think it was easier for the police to do this this time. 
I also wanted to ask if this would sort of become an example where more women will try and enter now that two women have already well, entered. It, it could very well be. I think there might be scores of women who are now maybe thinking of coming like this because uh, yeah, it could it could be there might be more and more women who might think of uh, coming here and entering the temple now. Now that there are now that there, now that the uh, restrictions have finally been officially broken, you know. I also wanted to talk about the women's wall that was formed in Kerala. It was apparently six twenty kilometers long, and women also took a pledge about fighting against gender discrimination. Could you give us a lowdown as to why were the women there? How was it organized? Was it successful? And what happened? Right. So I was at Edappalam uh, in Kochi, in the heart of Kochi, in Annapuram district, and. Women's Wall was a program that was um, envisaged by the ruling left government as a counter, as a political counter to the um, RSS BJP campaign behind the protest. So all the protests against the entry of women have been carried out by the RSS BJP and to a very small extent maybe the Congress which did not um, actively engage in violence or that kind. But a majority of the protests were channelized and uh, marshaled by the BJP RSS. So there was a feeling, a public feeling or a general feeling that the women of Kerala are with the RSS or are they are with the BJP and that they do not support the stand of the CPM. Okay. Um, uh, but the women's wall, therefore the women's wall was organized by the CPM to show the RSS or to show the BJP that this is in fact not true and that significant sections of the women in Kerala are with the CPM and that they favor the entry of women at the shrine. So the women's wall was seen as a move to show the larger public that the CPM is right. You know, the CPM so is on the right side more than solidarity, it's become a political tool. For upholding these values of gender equality and social wellness of values. And that they repeatedly, you know, the Chief Minister Kanrai Vijayan and senior CPM leadership would repeatedly cite instances of people like Ayyengali um, uh, and uh, Sri Narayana Guru and uh, uh, Chattambi Sami, uh, the social reformers like these who have brought progressive changes in Kerala society, which is why uh, the state today is on the cusp of such um, superior and progressive values in terms of um, uh, what gender rights have been able to do in this state. Mm-hmm. So um, the Women's Wall basically was a program to show that, you know. And uh, I think it was pretty successful. I think it was. It has to be seen that uh, the, the, the the CPM in Kerala is a very organizational, very strong. It is capable of bringing women. But I think uh, large sections of women have voluntarily been a part of the wall. I think I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of women. Also, there were these community organizations that represent different castes and different communities. They also came and. Um, uh, supported the move. Mm-hmm. So the CPM was aided by these community organizations who were able to bring the women. Okay. So uh, around 3.30, between 3.30 and 4 o'clock, they sort of lined themselves along the national highway right from Kasargod to Trivandrum in the south. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sort of took a pledge, basically, as you said, to uphold the gender value. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just want to add one thing, that uh, I was speaking to a lot of these women Hmm. But there were contradictions, uh, you know. There were some women who said, who did not know the idea of the women's work. They mm-hmm. said that they came here for the rights of women, but at the same time, they did not know why they were here. So, which is very common with, Big you know, these political marches. rallies, right? Yeah. Hmm. 
I also wanted uh-huh. to ask before yeah. I let you go how was the local media's coverage did it uh, receive ample coverage did you see political bias in the coverage or your thoughts on just the local media's coverage about the women's the world? women's world right yeah. yeah it was i think it got a significant amount of coverage see the local media is always very um enthused and um, you know very active about these things and the women's world was seen as a big program of the ruling government hmm. um so obviously there's the media were actively uh, covering hmm. uh, except for a couple of channels which which have allegiance to the right wing you know hmm. uh, i think uh, most channels uh, would have covered it uh, impartially you know? okay uh, like thank you so much for joining us vishnu thank you for joining us on such a short notice thank you thank you so much uh so ayush coming to you what is it that you want to talk about next you did a report recently yeah so uh, op india to their credit even though you, everyone deserves to disagree with them uh carried an article showing how the deputy ed- editor of indian express shushan singh his book from 2017 on indian military operations has plagiarized passages from this amateur us based historian he's an indian though from 15 years ago it came mm-hmm. out in 2003 and since op india piece did not just almost converted a facebook post by this amateur historian into an article uh, had no statements from either side so we did a piece carrying the plagiarism instances of plagiarism and we reached out to shushant jagannot the Jagannot author jagannot is the publisher yeah, of shushant's book exactly so and uh, even though if you just look up the you know we've put juxtapose the images it shows that there are verbatim quotations hmm. you know duplicacy and just paraphrasing it but multiple times but if i'm instances. right jagannath simply denied right plagiarism right so when i reached out to them on thursday hmm. and we the article was put on monday so i think they didn't reply throughout the i texted them quite a lot to get a statement but only after the piece was published did they send a statement or hmm. not after the piece was published hmm. they denied it categorically saying that um, you know they had the best mm. plagiarism plagiarism checker software in the world which said that there's nothing bad but mm-hmm. as jagans who wrote a follow up mm. piece himself said in the you know in his article that you don't really need the best software in the world mm. you just need an eye mm. and you can tell just quoting the same yeah. words same context same account and mm. not giving any credits to the author i uh, think links to both the piece will be right below this podcast right. there will be and <laughs> i just want to say that it's rather unpleasant to see this because earlier instances of such plagiarism happening in the media houses in india have brought infamy to people okay. you know india today and indian express uh, hindustan times even in the west farid zakaria and people have faced a lot of problems because of these so it's rather i don't know sad even to see even the publisher not accepting it but right. then the sort of the dilemma is the publisher needs to stand by the author yeah. but also if a mistake has been made they could issue an apology at least accepting and giving credit to the person who's written it yeah but they oh. won't Uh, Shohib, I also want to ask you. I mean, you've been in this profession for quite long. What's your stand in the sense that if someone is caught plagiarizing, should they be given another chance, or should they just accept it? Should they be forgiven? What's your stand on this? Yeah, I think we can't have this sort of. It's it's a very case by case uh, sort of basis. So I mean, usually, I mean, uh, I mean, not to sort of uh, you know pat ourselves on the back. I think Indian journalism isn't that. bad when it comes to uh, you know outright plagiarism we might have many other issues okay but i think journalism as such as a profession is not much given to plagiarism because you're dealing with daily news anyway mm-hmm. so okay. but i think it should be taken up on a case to case basis and it is a very serious charge so 
Okay. Uh, with that, we come to the end of the podcast. So, do you guys want to share your recommendations, Ayush? If you want to go first. Um. Yeah. Two. First of all, because we, uh, I said that the trans bill was underreported. I think News Minute did a brilliant critical piece on it. It's titled mm-hmm. "Why Transgender Persons Bill 2018 Is a Healthcare Nightmare for the Community." Sure. I think everyone should read that. And second. Mm-hmm. A brilliant piece of investigative journalism by New York Times on how Facebook moderates uh, political speech online. That was online. a good piece. Yeah, that was a really good piece. Uh, Shohib, your recommendations? Oh, this is completely off topic, but I rec- recently watched a film called Hereditary. Okay. And it scared my socks off. <laughs> so if you want to watch anything scarier than the news, I recommend, uh, I think it's uh, six months old or something. Okay. But it is very scary, okay. you know, so. Okay. Uh, my recommendation is our Let's Talk About episode on Naxalism. Subscribers can consider it a New Year's gift. So with that, we come to the end, the actual very end. Happy New Year to everyone. I want to say this, that this New Year, please resolve to support independent media because only with your support can we sustain ourselves and we can remain free and independent because when pub- when the public pays the public is served when corporations governments and advertisers pay they are served so subscribe to news laundry or any other independent news organization of your choice happy subscribing thank you panel and Pleasure. thank you Thank you, Parikshit and Anilji, for all the help. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.